All right. Thanks, everybody, once again for joining us on another Skull Session Salute episode where we celebrate and pay tribute to the life of the late, great Bob Nalbandian, a, a wonderful soul who did so much for the world of metal. But as we've also been talking about on these episodes extensively, it wasn't just what he did for the music world, but also the person he was outside of that world. And joining me today to pay tribute and discuss more about the man we all love and miss. Um, you'll, if you, if you're in the LA area and you knew Bob, or if you've been a fan of his Skull Sessions podcast over the years, you most certainly know our guest today, Mr. Toby Bod. He joins us. Toby, thanks so much for coming on to talk about Bob. How you doing, bud? I'm good, brother. Good to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. You know, before we get into talking about Bob real quick, I just want to give you kudos on putting together just a, a great celebration of life for Bob at the uh, Bourbon Room in Hollywood just about a month ago. Um, I, I We just were talking about it. I thought it was perfect, you know, uh, the way it was done, the way he would have wanted it to be. Um, so just on behalf of everyone who's who attended, I just wanted to say thank you for, for doing such a great job on that, Toby. Oh, I'm just happy it turned out good, just the way he wanted it. And I think it's cool, mm -hmm. too, because it tied in with the fact that he had a couple of screenings there uh, 10 years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. at the same venue so it was kind of cool to come back to that also because since we had memories from there sure yeah no no doubt man it was great you know uh toby as I, as i'm doing you know in almost every episode that we've been doing about this uh the first thing i'm asking everyone and uh, you know the funny thing is, is a lot of people who known bob for decades don't actually really remember sometimes the first time they actually met him so i'm gonna ask you i mean when was the first time if you can remember i know you guys go back you know decades when was the first time you met Bob, and what was that first impression that you got of him when you guys? Well, I remember it really well because okay. I came here from Sweden in uh, on November eighteenth in nineteen ninety two. Okay, I flew in, and I met him New Year's that year at a party that him and his him and his uh, roommates had thrown up at Mulholland Terrace, which is where he lived at the time. Okay, so that was my my first exposure to him at his party. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was just, he was Bob, you know, <laughs> he was just, a, he was a fun dude. And then, uh, you know, obviously our friendship deepened over the next year or so, mm -hmm. actually over the next two years. But that was my first exposure. Okay. And it was a great party, I tell you. Sure. Well, yeah. we all, anyone who knew Bob knew he, he's, he was, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute about him and partying because he did know how to party and he was definitely yes. the life of a party too. He was just, he was one of the, the funnest guy to parties with, I will, I will definitely say that. Uh, well, speaking now, if you moving from from Sweden now to LA in the nineties, and not to, you know, um, I'm going to try to do this, I guess, as respectful and non judgmental <laughs> as possible. You're but you know, I, uh, you don't have to be respectful. I'll roll with it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, even myself, you know, moving. I grew up in New York and moving from New York to to Southern California. A, I, it's definitely a big change on a social, you know, level. Obviously, you know, great weather and everything. That's the easy part, moving out to California from wherever you're from. But, um, you know, obviously Hollywood is, is you know, not really typically known as the most genuine of places in the world. That way. So, I mean, as a guy who, for, like yourself, moving to L.A. from an outside the country, I mean, I, I'm sure that was pretty challenging. And maybe at first meeting, you know, people and being differently. But obviously meeting someone like Bob – you know, and, and having just a, a kinship with him, like you did a friendship with him early on when you first moved. I mean, how important was it to have a guy like that in your circle when you first moved to, to L.A.? It was super important because I was very Swedish when I first came here. First of all, uh, my English wasn't all that good. But then uh, I was kind of quiet, you know. Mm -hmm. Generally, Swedes are quiet if, if they don't know people. 
And then they get super loud when they get drunk. <laughs> but he was just so gregarious and outgoing. And, and I think a lot of that rubbed off on me. So he's, I think to a certain degree, he's the guy, guy that turned me into who I am today in the sense that I, I say hi to everyone I meet, you know, and I give everyone a chance, which he did. He didn't care if you're young or old, like whatever sex, whatever race, whatever. He was always open to give everyone a chance to come in and become part of the group. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I try to pattern myself after. Sure, yeah, yeah. and no, and he absolutely was. You you hit that right on the head. I mean, he's he was like you said, he's given people chances or to be part of his world or, or in part of his projects. Even you know, I always said, even with myself doing skull sessions, you know, I wasn't a guy that grew up in. in you know, I'm I'm 47, so I'm about 10 years younger than Bob was, and uh, I didn't grow up in those clubs. You tell, okay, yeah, and I didn't grow up in those clubs, and even though I know a lot of the bands, I didn't, you know, I was I didn't go to those early shows. But he would have me on skull sessions, and you know, I, I was I used to tell him all the time, Bob, maybe I should bow out of some of these episodes because I don't have a lot to contribute. <laughs> but he was just that guy; he didn't care. He was just more like, yeah, I'd be part of it, you know. And that's just the the kind of guy he was, like you said. Yeah, know? yeah. Now the whole idea with him is like. It wasn't so much about the subject. It was about shooting the shit about it. Mm. He just wanted to talk about it. And and he was cool with an outside perspective, too. Mm-hmm. But it really helped. We had almost identical taste in music. There were a few things we differed on. Like, I'm a huge Kiss fan, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And he liked Led Zeppelin a lot, and I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin fan. But other than that, we were very similar as far as our music goes. So okay. we would always kind of, uh, you know, go back and forth testing each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. test my knowledge, and I'll test test his. his uh, which is fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, one of the things about Bob, you know, he would always tell me, you know, some old stories about his dalliances there in L.A. and Hollywood, and of course, a lot of these stories included yourself. And this is back in the '90s, obviously. And I, n- none of it stuck out to me more, I would say, than obviously. Um, and I know at the at the um, celebration of life, John Bush talked about this briefly, but it was when you, the three of you, uh, started the Black Lodge. Yeah. club there in in hollywood obviously you john bush and and bob um talk a little bit about that experience and how what, what made you guys decide to come together and put something like that together at that time well bob is one that pulled it together so okay. basically it was his idea and he was the one that made it happen and of course bush knew a lot of people and he his name helped uh and i at the time i managed a gym in hollywood uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. So I knew a lot of people in town. I knew a lot of the, you know, bouncers and bartenders and, and everyone around town. So that helped out with the promotional aspect of it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, his idea, we got together, the three of us at Bush's house and uh, came up with a name and put together a production company. And then he was just off to the races. And we had a lot of fun. We had tons of fun. We didn't really make a lot of money, but we, you know, we always had drink drink tickets, and we always had fun. And we had some fun DJs. We had uh, Bruce Dickinson DJ one time. Uh, Zach Wild DJ. Oh, wow. Scott Ian did it too. And uh, yeah, it was always fun stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And then we, in the beginning, it was meant to be more of a social club. But then after, I don't know, four or five weeks, we realized that we needed to have bands playing too. So then mm-hmm. we started booking bands. And we had some really good bands playing over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, tons, man. yeah, I know. He talks. He always talked about that time and what, and what great you know times you guys uh, all had. 
you know, and, and as I was, you know, mentioned before, Bob, of course, as we've talked about, you know, he's, he's well known for the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast that you, I know, were on numerous times uh, when he first started it back in the late 2000s. Well, well, yeah, but, you know, you and Bob also did a little short podcast series, I remember, The Couch of Metal. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, which I—I I mean, I thought the, the, that was when I first heard those episodes. That was probably God. I guess it's got to be close to ten years ago or so. But uh, oh, it's more than that. Since it's is like, it more than that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. But they were hilarious, and that was good because it gave you know a different. That was really, um, you know, I know Bob, but at that time, but it, it really showed a different, like you know, for most people who know Bob and they've maybe uh, worked with him, maybe on a professional level. That was a, a more of into the a, a personal fun level, I think, with with Bob. I mean, you guys are just kind of shooting the shit about music, sitting around drinking. Um, and I, I remember there was that one episode you guys did when you were talking about. I think it was Jethro Tull. They, you know, they put the the first you know metal song together or, oh, or yeah. something about that. Yeah. And I, I that was just such a great episode because you guys were just going. You your back and forth with each other was just hilarious, especially with. Bob, like I said, you know, we were, we were talking about earlier. He was a fun, he was a fun drunk, Bob. He, he, oh, he, he wanted was hilarious. To, he was hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So talk about that little series that you guys did a little bit because I, I want so to talk about that. Yeah. That was basically a way of capturing what we did. That's what we did. I mean, we didn't record it, but that's what we did. We were sitting around listening to metal and just, just talking about it and, and arguing about, about, you know, who made the first metal song right who had the mm -hmm. first metal riff we would go back and forth about that because we had we had almost identical taste in music but we did have a lot of overlap mm -hmm. like i knew more about the um 70s like glam scene since i'm a huge sweet and slade fan okay he knew a lot more about the bay area thrash scene than i did mm -hmm. so we did have overlap i learned a lot from him and i like to think that he learned some from me too <laughs> uh, so no, so that was again. That was his idea. He was usually the driving factor with these things because mm -hmm. I'm not. I, I'm. I, I like my privacy. I'm not a. I don't like the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bob was just so outgoing, so he didn't mind it. Like mm -hmm. that was his thing. He just he just liked to talk and be out there. Well, mm -hmm. we had a good time doing those. So so I mean, what led up to that one, I think, was the one of the uh, Shockwaves podcast when we had the. Uh, the game show. Did you ever okay. listen? To yes, I have. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That that because we were all sitting. A bunch of us were sitting on a couch in his apartment at the time and doing that game show. Oh, okay. Hilarious. And then after that, he said, "Maybe we should do one about the couch, the couch of metal." <laughs> what a great name, right? It is. It That's is really comfortable too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was such a fun series you guys did, and, and like I said, and like you said you did a bunch of those early skull sessions. Yeah. Um, which were obviously, you know, for back then, those podcast there wasn't really podcasts, many of them out there back then. It was maybe a couple. I was the one that got them to do start doing podcasting. Oh, really? Okay. Then this would be a perfect outlet for you. Mm -hmm. and, and then he started looking into it. But of course, I gave him the idea, but he took it and ran with it. Mm -hmm. He's the one that made it happen. Mm -hmm. But I, I did tell him that you should try podcasting. It's perfect for you. Mm -hmm. Especially since it was so hard to reach people with this magazine. Mm -hmm. this was much easier and you know less costly obviously sure yeah. yeah 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 no 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 doubt and you know the good thing you just you just talked about too you know toby you, you mentioned that yourself you're not one for you know the spotlight or attention or stuff but you know bob is as outgoing as he was he was also sort of like that himself i mean he was a guy that obviously would rather 
give you the attention and see, you know, sort of have you get the notoriety, not so much him. He never sought out any any attention, any notoriety, any money. You know, yeah. he just he just did things out of the love of of not just the music, but also just having people communicate and, and, and come together. You know, I've been saying on all these episodes I'm doing, I, I've never seen anybody who could connect people together the way I saw Bob do it, you know, and a lot of it is because he wasn't connecting people together because he was trying to get something out of it. He really just genuinely wanted to see people. I mean, I've like, as you just mentioned before, you know, you, it, he kind of rubbed off on you when you first moved from Sweden yeah. saying hi to everybody, be a nice the way he is. And that's exactly how I always feel. I feel like he's just such a, an inspirational person because you watch him, you see how he connects with people and it's hard not to look at that and go like, yeah, why don't we all do that? Why don't we all, you know, yeah. Being open and friendly like Bob, you know, I mean, why are we all have these, you know, a little insecurities, whoever it is. And then, and you really, he is such an inspirational guy in that way where he showed me the same thing. I just saw how he was with people. And every time I meet people through Bob, you know, I, I just think about Bob was, he, you knew the people that he was around in his circle were good people. You yeah. know what I mean? He, he wouldn't bring, you know, assholes around in his crew. I mean, so every time I met people through him, it was I wound up becoming friends with them, too. Yeah. And that's something that he just loved to see. He wanted you to be friends with his friends and to oh, create a circle. You know? Absolutely. That's all it was. He was like the spider in the web in the sense that he connected everyone. But then he also got, got connected to friends of his friends. Mm -hmm. So his web just got bigger and bigger. But I got to tell you another thing about him. I've never met anyone who's been so good at maintaining friendships. Oh, exactly. He would always, you know, um, so we live in the South Bay of LA. Mm -hmm. he, had, he had a key to the house. Mm -hmm. So even if we were out of town and he was in town, he would always come and stay here. And he would always, every time he was here, he would make an, eff make an effort to go out and meet, to see all his buddies in the area. Mm -hmm. And he didn't care how far he had to drive. He would go down to Lake Elsinore and all over the place just mm -hmm. to see his buddies. But he really maintained friendships in a way I only wish I could. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the one thing, I mean, I I talked to him for, you know, weekly. You know, even when he moved, like you said, he would call all the time. He was, he he, he just, he was the guy that kept in touch with everybody yeah. um, and not so much the other way around. And I think that that's another unique thing. Like you said, it's true about Bob. Most people, right, they just have their, their circle, you know, of close friends and some of the other acquaintances they you know when you have family you know and start a family and you kind of just grow up you know you might not really be in touch with those people as much but like, you're right he was always keeping in touch with everybody like you said and keeping relationships together yeah. and that is definitely something that you're you're 100 right that he did just as you know better than anyone i've met too yeah oh yeah, yeah. and also he never really judged anyone and I know that's like the the thing to say, like you shouldn't judge others, but it's very easy to judge people, right? Mm -hmm. Judge their actions or whatever. He never judged anyone. He just he was wide open to become friends with anyone, and mm -hmm. and I think that's who he really was. Yeah. And couldn't care less about money. He just needed enough money to get by, right? Put food mm -hmm. on the table, gas money, and to pay the rent. And and he never really cared for accolades. That's why it's kind of fun that at least. You know, over the last fifteen years, he started getting some real accolades outside the the like the the uh, absolute center of the metal community. When he started making the documentaries, mm -hmm. he got more exposure, which he really deserved. Mm -hmm. But again, it was something that it's neither here nor there for mm -hmm. him. He just he did what he did because he did it. Not he didn't have any other uh, preconceived plans or anything.
Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You're right. I mean, he he never. Even when he was getting accolades, it was almost like he didn't feel comfortable, you know, getting it. He he just was very. He'd rather, like I said, you know, say something nice about someone else. Oh yeah. Or you know, he didn't sit there and and, and gloat about it, or you know, and like you said, I, I, you're right. You put up a great point about him being not judgmental. You know, the one thing I remember, you know, when, when we would talk about somebody, and maybe it wasn't someone who was he was his favorite person. He might say something not great, but then he would follow it up with something positive. Yeah, you know, it's like he almost felt bad about saying something bad about someone, and wanted to make sure. Wait a second, but let me point out the good part about this person, and not just you know. And and that was just something that was you know, like I always said this story when I first met him in L.A. It was like I, I was I always tell people when I when we first you know I met him and had some drinks with him and stuff. He he just he seemed like this such a genuine guy, and I was just like, okay, what's the catch with this guy? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's no way this, this, there's something about him. He, what, what does he want? Like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, figure it out later on. But, but after, you know, like I said, knowing him, spending time with him was just like, no, this is just really who yeah. he was, you know? And it was so that's, rare. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. Yeah. 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 It was yeah just, gotta love that. Gotta appreciate that. Absolutely. I am so happy that I had him in my life for so many years. The whole family, actually. The whole mm -hmm. family, it's like, we, we still can't believe that he's not here anymore. Mm hmm. But but we're so happy we had him in our lives for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, like I said, you know, um, he was. You know, you were obviously one of his closest. You know, you were sort of his right hand man. I mean, you you guys get someone back for for years. I mean, how how? I mean, I guess what what is it most that you're gonna? I guess I mean, there's a lot of things we've been talking about here. But what is it really that you're gonna miss about Bob? That you know. That well, the number to? one thing I guess is the fact that I can't call him. Because every time I come across something, some some like cool fact about whatever, about Sabbath, about something that happened in the studio during uh, the recording of Volume 4 or whatever, I go, whoa, and I call him, hey, dude, did you know this? Mm -hmm. So we would do that a lot. And now, like, I, I find something because, I mean, I still metal is still my passion. So I read about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And every time I come up with a fact, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I reach for the phone, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't call him. Mm -hmm. Who should I call now? <laughs> but I, I, in the way he walks in when he came over, hey, Toby, you know, <laughs> it's, it's that it's I don't know, it's, it's, it's his energy. I miss that a lot. I know, man. He I, no one had energy like you said, like that. Just that positive. Just you like I always said, you know, when when sometimes you get phone calls from people, you might look at your phone and be like. Uh, yeah, I mean, not right now. You know, I mean, I you know, I'll, I'll call this person back. With Bob, it was like every time you had phone ring, it was like, oh, hey, hold on, stop everything. I got to pick this up. You know, it's, he did lift you up. He did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, and and like you said, it was always a positive. There was never any negative. You know, I mean, moments. It was just you just knew you could have a good time. It was going to be positive, and you know, yeah, he's just just a, a, a one of a kind, unique guy. I mean, just you know, no one like Bob. Um, you know, just, I, I guess before, you know, before we, we wrap it up, Toby, I just, you know, when we, when it comes to, you know, like I said, my main focus of doing a lot of this was sure. We want to highlight a lot of what, what Bob did in the music world, but like I said, a lot of people who, you know, don't necessarily know Bob outside of the music world, you know, and what a great friend he was and what a great person he was. Um, I mean, to you, it, it's like. I guess I don't know how to say this, but I mean, I mean, we just talked about obviously what you're going to miss about him most. But I would say, if you've got like any last, I'd say you know words for Bob that you want to say or 
I mean, what would you tell him, I guess, if you had, you know, maybe that last moment to, to talk to him? You know, that's something we all wish we, we did have, obviously. And, you know, you know what I would, would do? I would reinforce for him how, how many people he reached in his life mm. and how few people do that. There are very few people that reach as many people that he, he did. And the funny thing about him is that every friend he ever had always felt that he was his best buddy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. he made everyone feel special. And, yeah. and I don't care about achievements so much or, or money or status symbols. I really care about people that, that leave a lasting imprint by being who they are or who they were. And that's him. He left a lasting imprint by being the most genuine guy you could ever imagine. And on top of that, was being so much fun too. He mm-hmm. wasn't just a somber dude that you sat down and talked to. He was a guy you can have fun with too. Mm-hmm. He was just an incredible person. And they don't make that many of those. No. So, yeah. No. He'll be forever missed. Yeah. No, and, and you just, like you said, you just put up a good point. You know, he, he definitely was somebody that like you said everybody felt like they were his best buddy and yeah. you know and and i just feel so and i'm sure you know i guess we've been talking about just so blessed that you know and, and the thing is you know how it is normally too when you when you meet someone like that genuine and that you're friends with you tend to want to like oh this is my my bud and you want to sort of you know you want that person to be your best bud. but bob was different because you just felt so special that you were in his world yeah. that just just to have a little piece of his life was I felt blessed to be a part because he knew so many people and there were so many people that loved him. And so the fact that, you know, just being uh, my little part in his life, you know, um, know, that I was involved with and and being, you know, as close as I was to him, I just felt so honored and blessed. And, you know, I just felt lucky. You know, I think we all should, should feel that way. It just feels so lucky that we were able to, to meet and be friends with such a unique and genuine person that, like you said, we're probably, not gonna, you know, uh, see the likes of maybe the rest of our lifetime. It's very, very rare, you know. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, it also feels a little bit like all these people that were part of this inner circle, which is kind of a big inner circle. Mm. It's a little bit of a family. I yes. talked to a bunch of the other guys, and it's like, it's almost like we feel that all of us have been vetted, right, by mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. We all know that we're all good people we're okay people so our friendships will continue mm-hmm. but he was definitely the uh the hub right there mm-hmm. he was the one that brought everyone together yep absolutely and and like you said at, at that celebration of life i mean you could feel that family vibe in there oh talking yeah to people and just and even when i'm doing these you know these tributes to him it's um you know everyone's saying the same thing and you know you could feel it's just like you said he brought everyone together and he's sort of like okay now you guys I'm not here, but you guys take it from here. You know, yeah. you guys continue to, to you know, I mean, have, and like I said, in and, and that LA scene, it, it is such a, a great familial vibe. I mean, with everybody, like I said, at that celebration life, just talking to everyone and everyone just, you know, it's just a rare thing. You know, you just don't see that. Even in circles and music, you know, I've, I've been to different cities and, and, you know, had interactions with all these different sort of circles, but I've never really met. And, and and you know been a part of anything that I've seen with with you know the LA's family that Bob had there, yeah. and um, I think that was you know um, at that celebration life really just showed you know how that is and you know and once again I want to thank you for you know uh, talking about him and, and putting together that that event and 
it was such a great time and such a great way to, to you know, celebrate his life. And um, that you was know, what, what he yeah. told me, that's what I need to do. He said, when I die, I want you to put together a party. And mm-hmm. I always kept going, all right, I'm probably going to die before you, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> here, here I am. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. All of us are very grateful for the fact that you're doing this because you're keeping his name alive too. And you're actually giving people a, a chance to, to uh, uh, share their, their emotions and, and their experiences with him. I'm really happy you're doing this. So I got to thank you for that. It's, oh, cool. it's, it's my honor. I and mean, like I said, I've, I've, I feel blessed to do this. And like you said, we, we just have to keep his name and his legacy, you know, keep going and make sure no one forgets about him. And, yeah. and people who didn't know about him now know who he is because oh, yeah. like I said, he's, he contributed so much. And a lot of people, let's think about Bob. He, he's done so much in the music world that so many people, it's funny, you know, I mean, I, I've talked to people over the years and I've told them, you know, who he was and oh, I've never heard of that guy. And then now they see him in all these magazines, like you said, decibel and he's being yeah. featured everywhere. And they, they realize like, Whoa, this guy, you know, did so much. And then the reason why, yeah, people didn't know, a lot of people didn't know about him is because like we've been talking about, he didn't seek out that attention, No, you know, and, uh, you know, and, you know, it's not, as we know, it's the music business is not one of those things where people are just going to give you attention if you don't seek it. So he he just kind of went with the flow, but I'm so glad he's getting his, his attention now. And I, as you know, him, you know, Bob's, you know, he probably hates that I'm doing all these interviews with people and we're gloating about him because, you know, he hated that, but, He's. I don't care, Bob. You, you you deserved it, and we're gonna do it anyway. You know whether you like it or not. But uh, like um, yeah. So I mean, but it's uh, yeah. But once again, hey, Toby, thanks again uh, for coming on and talking about Bob. Thanks, and, for having uh, I appreciate it, man.